Good morning, everybody. Like we're a little thin this morning, but the Lord is still on his throne, still doing well, and he don't need anything. We need something. So I'm glad you're here this morning. Hope and pray you've had a good week. I know the Lord's fed you. He's fed me. And our necessary food, I know that all of you have heard about the situation going on in Israel the last couple of days. And I just noticed, as Brother Brother Chris read his lesson this morning, in verse 7 it says, For they have devoured Jacob and laid laid waste his dwelling place. The Philistines are still attacking Israel. And I told my wife this morning, which incidentally, I'm glad she's back. I missed her last Sunday. And uh, I, I told her this morning, I said, there's two entities in the earth that God is concerned about. One of them is the church, and the other one is Israel. And uh, this book talks about both of them. So the Lord, the Lord has got interest in the world still yet. Now, we could spend a lot of time, and we won't, on telling about what God told Israel. Said, if you don't get rid of these, if you don't get rid of these Canaanites, they'll rise up to be a thorn in thy side. And they have. And they still are. So, uh, we see today that... uh, they're allowed to do that, and I, I, we, we discussed this morning a little bit. I am so thankful that we don't so far live in a nation that's got, is that 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 has got that much warfare around them. Now you and I, you know, we we still have some. Peace and some freedom. I know the Antichrist is working on tearing it down. And uh, according to Revelation, he's going to get it done. But he only does it at the permission of the Lord. And uh, But isn't it wonderful that we live in a nation that we don't have to worry this morning too much right now about somebody coming in, getting your kids, taking them off down to Gaza, sending you a message, we're going to kill them if you don't do so-and-so. Brother, we don't have that threat right now. Now, we may have it before it's over. I know. And I got a few preachers that talk to me about that once in a while, saying, well, it may not be that we just float right into uh, uh, to to the time when the Lord calls us up. And it may not be. I don't know. But I've, I've just, when I read the Bible, uh, I don't see that God is going, I, I see a need for the tribulation for some more things that God is going to accomplish. Uh, and somebody says, well, before he comes, he'll purify his bride. And, and, and that may be so. 
but I say when he takes them out of here, they're purified. And, if and, and those that's not really saved is not going. So, uh, but anyway, we'll see how it turns out, uh, uh, I guess. And so this morning, I want to talk to you again about, out of John, St. John chapter 14. St. John chapter 14. You might be turning your Bible there. I hope you'll, hope you'll read along with us. <clears throat> St. John chapter 14. Now last Sunday, uh, we considered uh, what verse 1 through 3 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And we kind of we dealt with that last Sunday in our teaching. And I hope and pray that, uh, uh, that you got something out of that. And, but this Sunday, uh, uh, we want to go on down. And if I read verse 6, Jesus saith unto, uh, well, let me read 5. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not where thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In other words, Jesus Christ came to the earth. God sent him to the earth, and he sent him uh, to be a Savior, and he sent him uh, for a specific purpose. Now, the Lord lived down here, we believe, about 33 and a half years, and he lived in poverty, as we said last Sunday, but he also got some things done for God. So God sent him down here, and he was to live under the law. He lived perfect. He never had a, he never had a sinful thought. He never committed a sin. He always loved others. He loved the world so much he gave his life for it. And, and God crowned him with glory. And uh, so we want to talk this morning about uh, when the next verse here, Philip saith unto the Lord, show us the Father and it suffices us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Now, I want to say just a little bit about that. <clears throat> Have you ever been studying your Bible and you thought of the Trinity uh, as as Brother Bell has taught us uh, in his teaching on Wednesday night, which I appreciate that. Have you ever thought, what does the Father look like? I've thought of that. In fact, I, I told, I went to, uh, well, it, it, it wasn't a, a congregational conference, but it was just two or three men talking. And I asked the question, does God have a body? 
And, and uh, now I ask that for a reason. Because when Moses was up on top of the mountain to get the law, he got so close to God, and he was close. He said, uh, in layman's terms, he said, I want to look at you. God said, you can't see my face, it'll kill you. Now, that's how holy God is. But then, but then we go to Abraham when, when God sent the men down there, the angels, uh, to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and three men appeared, and, and Abraham hurried and worshipped and, and, and made them a, a meal, and, and, and whoever represented God talked to Abraham. Now that's been a mystery to me, and I'm not trying to bring you along on a mystery. I'm just trying to teach my lesson this morning. And, and so, so Thomas asked a question that had I been there, I would have probably asked, Lord, show us the Father. And, and Jesus made a, kind of made in a way to the, human, <clears throat> to the human mind a strange answer. Now, I know it's true. I believe it. Don't get me wrong. But it would be one that you might not expect him to say. It was... It, it was, have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then show us the Father? So in your studies, you know, you come across this question. What does the Father look like? Well, I'd like to turn you to uh, Colossians. <coughs> Go to Colossians with me, please. Chapter 1. Let me get in Colossians. Let's look at verse 15. Colossians 1, 15. <clears throat> uh... Well, that's not the start of a sentence. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to read the whole chapter. <laughs> Verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day, now this is Paul talking, we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to the, His glorious power, unto all patience, long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Amen. You glad you've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son? Amen. Amen. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can get your sins forgiven. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? 
For by him were all things created that are in heaven and, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers or things. All, all things were created by him and for him. So when you and I think about our government, how wicked it is, we can think that God has permitted that. God has permitted And, and you know, I, I catch myself thinking, Lord, we got very wicked people in charge. And then I kind of hear him say, I know it, they was kind of wicked people in charge when I was there. And, and, and they was, you know. The Romans were just about as wicked as, a, uh, as our administration. And, uh, and, and, and so the Lord knows about it, even though you and I cry about it. I hope you cry about it. I do. That, Lord, we're, we're under this wicked uh, administration, and, and, uh, and, and, and we need, uh, I hope it, you know, and we're praying, but yet, yet, Paul told us to pray for kings and governors, and I do. I pray that they'll get better towards God, which they probably won't according to prophecy. But anyway, I'm supposed to seek righteousness, and so I try to do that. All right, now I'm back to Colossians now. <coughs> Verse 17. Now Paul is talking about Christ. Verse 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. <coughs> So it is true, when we see, when, when the disciples saw the Lord Jesus Christ, they saw the Father, <coughs> because he represented the Godhead. Let's turn to the next chapter in, in uh, Colossians, and look at verse 8, Colossians 2 and 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So there you are. See, I think I've, I think I've successfully answered that question. Bodily, right now, he represents the Godhead. In other words, <clears throat> the book of Hebrews tells us God prepared him a body like ours. And, and it's a blessing, it's a blessing that the Godhead was manifest in the flesh. See, it was necessary by the will of God, Jesus Christ should come to earth and be a man, like me and you. Right. See, the Bible says he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. And he did. He was that seed that God told Abraham about in chapter 12 of Genesis, and thee and thy seed 
shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. See? Now that promise is still good, by the way. Even though it was made like 4,500 years ago, it's still good. So, so he is all the Godhead bodily. Now, I know you go to Revelation chapter 5 and you see a great white throne and, and one sitting on it. Uh, around his head is a rainbow and four, and, and four beasts uh, with six wings. They fly around him all the time saying, holy, holy, holy. <coughs> Yet, Jesus Christ represents the Godhead bodily. And so, when, uh, I'm back in John now. <clears throat> so when Philip asked the Lord, show us the Father, he basically said, when you saw see me, you've seen the Father. Right. See, now, I, I believe it's not only bodily, but I believe it's the, the spiritual highness of God appears in His Son. See? And, and that's why I believe Philippians says God has given Him a name above every name, uh, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in earth, things un, under the earth, and, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, that's a future event. That is going to happen. I, and I believe, and you don't have to believe this, that all the angels, the fallen angels, and the holy angels, and all of Adam's race will be gathered together at this event. And I think that, that all of us will bow and, and, and we'll really confess then. Now, I know if you're saved, you already have, but you really will again that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, God's going to get glory out of that. See? Now, if you're not saved, you need to get saved so that when, when you get there, you'll already know how to do it. You'll already know how to do it. See, that is, bow the knee, confess without heart, and thou shalt be saved. I'm paraphrasing that. <clears throat> so Philip, Philip was asking about the Lord, and, uh, and we go on down here in, in, in verse 10. He says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The works that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. In other words, Jesus is saying, I came to earth to do the will of my Father. Now, now what, was, what was the will of the Father for the Son to do? What was his will? Well, his will was to present himself as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. See? And he, and he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. See? You can't, you can't get your sins removed any other way. And I am appalled today when I see what religion is doing in America. They just, uh, it's works or it's baptism or it's 
It's say the, uh, say the stations of the cross or some of that junk, and that's not, you know, I, again, and I don't want to bore you with it, and I don't think I will, but again, it's what Peter said when he spoke to them Jews. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In other words, from eternity to eternity, God did not give another way to have everlasting life. It's only in His Son. And all the religions in our, around us that you know teach my good works outweighs my bad, and they do teach that. They teach it from their pulpits. I've heard them say it. See what I mean? <clears throat> so, so I, now, I do not, I do not dislike people in other religions, but but they are not going to heaven when they die, according to the Bible. I mean, we got one religion, and and the people goes out, and I've heard them say it. Say, well, it's a little good, and everybody, all you got to do is stir it up. That's their religious statement. I've heard them say it. Well, Psalms 14 said, The Lord looked down from heaven, see if there's any that did understand. And what was the conclusion of that, of that verse? And there was none good, no, not one, which Paul preached in Romans. Took it out of text. So, so yes, there are things you do that I see, that I appreciate you for. And there's, maybe there's some things that we do that I see that I don't, I don't even appreciate in myself. You see what I mean? But when God looks down, now, now stay on base with me, when God looks down, and He is looking down, He knows everything, there's none good in His sight. That's why we need Jesus Christ. And, and as we said, Romans also, Romans chapter 4, David said, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. You see what I mean? Like I said before, I've said this once before, let me say it again. When I was a young Christian, I thought <clears throat> that we got born again and, and the Lord was, you know, we, we just become his pets so much that he just said, well, if you say a bad word, you know, I'll just overlook it. And if you have an evil thought, I'll just overlook it. But I found out that that's not the way it works. If I have an evil thought, thought or, a bad, or say a bad word, God knows it. And he does not forget it except through his son. I got a mediator on the right hand of God. See, Paul mentioned that three times. We got a mediator. See, if he, if he ever saved you, he's still your savior. He not only saved you, but he keeps you saved. 
Because God the Father knows all of our evil thoughts. What are we going to do about them? Well, we've got a mediator on his right hand that makes intercession for us and gets them dismissed because of his righteousness. Because he paid the price. Here's the scars in my hand, or the wounds in my hands. See? And God forgives us for Christ's sake, according to Ephesians. You see what I mean? So God is ever active. He and the the Son is ever active. And and I, I see a lot of Baptists that never give that a thought. I'm not criticizing them. I'm just saying, hey, hey. Jesus Christ being a mediator is a big deal. And I said, I think I Sunday before last. Now, when I do wrong, he's my advocate. He's my advocate. In other words, he talks for me. In court, advocate is a legal term. First John says, little children, I say that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So he becomes your advocate if we sin. He's an advocate for you. Isn't that good? That good? Boy, my my good deeds would never pay for my bad deeds before God. Now, if I offended you, I might come and do some good things that that would amend it. But God don't work that way. God doesn't work that way. You see what I mean? All right. So he went ahead here to say, Believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. See, now Jesus had done so many miracles, and the Jews looked for miracles until he's saying, If you don't believe my words, what about my works? I have have turned water into wine, I have raised the dead. I have healed the sick. What else are you looking for? See, that's what he's saying. All right. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Now, that's kind of a strange statement. (coughs) How could you and I do greater works than Christ? Well, what I think he means there, since he said, I'm going to my Father, what I think he means, he means more like geographically speaking. Not that we're going to be greater than the Lord, but we're going to send his works out to a greater area. Because he goes to the Father. Now he goes to the Father. We'll get into that next week if the Lord allows us. Uh, about him going to send the Comforter. And he sends that so that we can go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He did not do that while he was here. He did not preach to all the world. But we are supposed to. <coughs> Excuse me. So I think, I think that's what he means with that. And you, you might study it and tell me if I'm wrong. And the next verse says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, 
that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Isn't that good? That good? If we have, <coughs> if we have needs, as Brother Bell mentioned a while ago, our revival's coming up. I've got some needs. And I, and I hope that when I come, I'll bring my platter, my plate, <coughs> my cup, and I hope it runs over. So, so you see, he is talking to us about that. And he says here, He, said, he says right here, Whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do, and the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, that is to Christians, we love the Lord, we're supposed to keep His commandments. And they're not, they're not grievous. His commandment is to love, love the Lord with all your heart, and love your neighbors yourself, love your brothers, brothers as yourself, as he states in 1 John. That's New Testament covenant uh, uh, commandments that we do these things. And so we have, we see here this morning in our lesson that the Lord represents God. He represents God bodily. Now, <clears throat> in the New Jerusalem, which I'm not going to get into it, just mention it. In the New Jerusalem, in chapter 21 of Revelation, the, the Father and the Son, they appear in that Jerusalem as the light of the city. That city has no need of sun or moon. For the glory of God and the Lamb shall be the light thereof. And the, and the city have no need of a temple. What's a temple? What's a temple in the scripture? It's a place of worship. So the Father and the Lamb will be the temple thereof. Now I believe in our new bodies, we get in New Jerusalem, we will be 24-7 in worship. <clears throat> and, and, and you know, in these bodies, we don't understand that. But you won't get tired then. See? And we, and we will, we will desire worship because we'll have a new body, have no sin, have no thought of holding back, and we'll be ready to worship. And, and the way I see it, you might disagree, and that's fine. Forever and ever and ever and ever in new bodies. We will be in perfect worship to God and His Son forever and ever. And so that's how it winds up. See? Now, if you're not saved, you ought to get saved so you can be part of that. I think it'll be really, really enjoyable to be there. No pain, no sorrow, no sadness, no tears. Can't imagine that, can we? We can't imagine that. All right, my time is up. I've been a little scattering this morning. Thank you for putting up with me. Hope and pray the Lord will bless you. <clears throat> hope, hope that 
we got something from the lesson this morning. And uh, so how many Bibles did we have? 